Good morning. If you've got the Church Bible, it's on page 884. The Fellowship of the Believers. They devoted themselves to the Apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the Apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in the homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to be together on this Vision Sunday. You know, uh, one of the things I do is uh, I check out other churches and look at their vision statements, their purposes, what do they write, what defines them, what drives them. And a number of years ago, I came across this one, which really inspired me. It goes like this. They say, our church is more than a building, an organisation, a man or a Sunday. Our church is a group of missionaries, a family of believers, a population of diverse individuals united by a common relationship with Jesus Christ. The ministries that wrote, the services, the programs of our church rely on the body of Christ. Individual people working as one for the common goal of glorifying God to serve and sacrifice. Church is not a spectator sport. Like, a good, like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you have received. We strive to worship him with every aspect of our lives as we enjoy our city and its culture, as we laugh and eat good food with friends, and as we serve each other, our neighbours and our Lord Jesus. Our church is a group of missionaries. I like that. Where'd they get that from? Well, they get it from Jesus. In John chapter 20, it says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. The sent one, Jesus, has now become the sender, commissioning his followers to go, which is our theme that we begin next week, to go as his messengers and representatives to share his good news. As we saw last week, they will need the filling of the Holy Spirit to undertake that task. Now, when Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, probably best understood as a foretaste of what would happen when the Holy Spirit was given at Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. We are called to go, to make disciples of all nations, to reveal the glory, salvation and kingdom of God, as we live in obedience in every facet of life. As we go, we remember our vision to see lives transformed through Jesus Christ to the glory of God. But as we go, we remember the five M's of ministry, the five biblical purposes that define and drive our ministries here at Nawi Baptist. Many of you have joined us in the past 12 months. You may have caught on some of these purposes. Some of you may have been here for five years and you just keep forgetting our purposes. I do sometimes. And I have to be reminded what God has called us to be. So let's have a look. Number one, magnification. 
King David writes, I praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. We believe that a mark of every true Christian is that they long to magnify, glorify, honour, exalt the God of their salvation. That they live in such a way as that God is shown to be the glorious God that he is. Do you love singing praises to God? Is there joy in your heart as you gather in Jesus' name? Is there a passion to lift him up? Psalm 40, may all who seek thee rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation always say, the Lord be exalted. Is there exaltation of the Lord on your lips? Is it in your heart? Does it drive you? Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. It's a call to the people of God in the Old Testament. Come on, let's get together. Let's tell the world how good and glorious God is. For as that was the heart cry of every Old Testament saint, now it is the longing of every true Christian. And it is not just about singing and about praising. 1 Corinthians 10 tells us, verse 31, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. In everything we do, 24-7, we eat, we drink, we talk, we work, we play, we love. In everything we do, we do it in such a way that God is glorified. The Apostle Paul in his ministry writes, Near the end of his life, it is my eager expectation and hope that I shall not at all be ashamed but that with full courage now as always, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Jesus, as I live, I want God to be magnified through how I live. If I die, I want God to be magnified in how I die. See, at Nawi Baptist, we don't want people to say, what a great preacher you are. Oh, what a great singer you are. Or what a great pastoral carer you are, although it's good to encourage people, but rather what a great saviour you serve. As we sing, as we speak, as we read, as we welcome, that people go, wow, Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in your life. Jesus is changing you. There's something in you that points me to the greatness of God and I want to know him. I've seen believers on their deathbeds bringing glory and honour to God. I remember one person saying to me, because he had opportunities just before his death to witness, because all these old friends would come. I remember one of them saying to him, I said, oh, but David, uh, you're dying. He said, yes, I am. Why don't you seem concerned? It's because I know Jesus, and I live in light of eternity. And when I visited him, he said, uh, Ange, have you got any other ways in which I can explain the gospel, answer their questions? Live magnifying God, dying magnifying God. Friends, that is the hope of Paul. That is the hope of every believer. And Jesus also taught us to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Which means, may your name be honoured, magnified, glorified. It's about him, not us. And the Apostle Peter writes, 1 Peter 4, if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised or glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Our primary purpose, we start here in our five purposes, in all we do is to bring glory to God. 
and picking up John Piper's language. He says, we waste our lives when we do not pray and think and dream and plan and work toward magnifying God in all spheres of life. God created us for this, to live our lives in a way that makes him look more like the greatness and the beauty and the infinite worth that he really is. What are we living for? Showcase the glory of our God. And secondly, membership. Jesus lived, Jesus died for our sins, and Jesus rose from the dead, and Jesus ascended to heaven. Our communion, we're going to remember his sacrificial death for us, for our sins and our failures, to reconcile us to God. But he is building his church. And you know, in Acts chapter 2, what happened before that Bible reading... The believers are filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter preaches the gospel. And 3,000 people became Christians. And they were added to that number. Listen to that word, that language. And they were added to their number that day. Acts 2.41. Christians did not just become Christians, become isolated Christians. Some people have said to me, I've got my Bible and I have my Jesus, that's enough. I don't need church, I don't need Bibles. I have Jesus and I have my Bible and that's enough. Well, let me say, that is not enough. That is not biblical. You need to open up your Bible and read it, which is often what I'll say to them. Because the Bible is written to communities. It's written to the church in Galatia, the church. It's written to the church at Ephesus. It's written to the church, etc. Get my point? It's a community coming together, and they became part of this community. They repented, they trusted, they were baptized, and they joined the new church. There was no solitary Christianity. What did they do? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They're in the word that we have. To the fellowship, what we're doing now, a sense of community. To the breaking of bread. And we think it's probably a reference to the Lord's Supper around a meal that we all do today. And to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So it was, there were miracles taking place. All the believers were together, had everything in common. They started to share some of their goods and their possessions. They sold property and possessions, gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. This is an exciting day when the, when the Holy Spirit came. They just gathered. They just wanted to be with God's people. They broke bread in their homes. There was hospitality. They had together with gladness and sincere hearts. They were happy people. They were joyful. They weren't miserable Christians. There was a joy that had come upon them. Praising God. And as a result, enjoying the favor of all the people. People looked into this group of believers going, wow, you guys have something. And because they had something unique and powerful and of the Spirit of God, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Contagious, irresistible, powerful. Well, it would be good to be like that, wouldn't it? Well, you pray. It will be contagious, it will be irresistible. When people come in touch with us as individuals, as a community, they think, well, I want to know more about Jesus. Church is not always that positive. There's a church bulletin blooper you've probably seen, which reads, don't let worry kill you, let the church help. (laughs) Be careful, right, in these sentences. Unfortunately, that is proven too often in church life. We're in church life where Christians fight and they get angry and they are selfish and they are control freaks or whatever it happens to be or they're sinful, they're immoral. Churches split 
people are broken. Maybe you've been hurt by someone and you feel broken too as you come. We understand that we are a fallen people. And if you, by the way, if you keep reading the book of Acts, you'll notice they're already divided, right, the church. They're sorting out the problems. Even the missionaries fight against one another. Satan is seeking to disrupt the work of God's people. God wants us to work together, to love and welcome the new person, to share Christ's love, to teach the word to each other, to pray for each other, to serve one another, to grieve together, to rejoice together, to learn from each other. And friends, home groups here are key for this in the last church, where we pray, study, support, inspire the ministry and mission. It's been exciting. We set up another uh, families group with young children on a Saturday afternoon and got filled up very quickly. And we need to, to create another group. So I'm looking for some more hosts and some more leaders for another Saturday afternoon. I'm not looking at anyone specifically. <laughs> because now we have three of those groups and there's like 15 adults and 15 kids jammed into a house. And now we've got three of those for families in the afternoon and we've got a Zoom group on a Monday night and we've got a families with high schoolers on a a group on a Friday night, and we've got a midweek group for families also for those who'd like to, to go midweek. We're trying to create more groups because God's bringing more and more people. And if you're not in a group, come out to the hall afterwards. We'd love for you to, to sign up and try and fit you into a group. And by the way, we have, a, it's helpful for you to know that we have a welcoming and incorporation chart, or flowchart, more flowcharts, right? <laughs> Important because we try to think so. You think, well, how do people end up at Nawi? And imagine, think about yourself, because people come in different ways. A new person chooses to come to Nawi, and they may be in a relationship with other members. Maybe a friend said, why don't you come? Or someone said, oh, you know, I started going to this church. You should try it. It's okay. You might, you might like it. So sometimes a friend. Sometimes it's maybe you just turned up to a worship service. Maybe you've Googled us and, go, oh, and you've watched some sermons online. You think, I might try it out. It seems okay. Or maybe you just thought, oh, you drove past the church, you dropped in. Maybe you came to an outreach event, maybe you're part of our playtime ministry or uh, from our kids' ministry or we come to craft or a special men's or women's event or uh, an evangelism course and then you think, well, I'd like to uh, come along. From there, we want to then welcome people. We try to make phone calls and invite them to home groups and vote them out. We're trying to do a variety of things. We don't always get it right. We're trying to help people connect and then uh, sometimes we'll run hospitality, uh, uh, people have, get invited to homes, we'll do uh, uh, some morning teas, afternoon teas, we want to do one in a couple of weeks' time and invite people along. And if, sometimes if they're not Christians, they might go into a Christianity Explainer or Alpha course, and we're looking to do Alpha course next term, by the way, we're just praying about that, or a discipleship course, or maybe a baptism and membership class, there's some of the, the things we have on offer, and then uh, we'd like to get them ultimately from a new person, into our home group ministry for maturity. Because if we have 600 people on a Sunday, we need as many people of those 600 in Bible study groups, so you're with a group of 12 or 15, 20 people, getting closer fellowship and intimacy. You won't get it in a group of 200 plus people that we have here this morning. Get a few conversations, but we're encouraging people. Now, sometimes you're the new person, you walk in one week, the next week you're in a home group. You don't go through any of those other things, right? Because I'm a Christian, I've just moved into the area, I'm active, can I join a home group? But that's sort of part of the flow. And then once you're in a home group, we want to then provide training and equipping courses, we, services and other events, ultimately releasing you into ministry and mission. So if you look at the full chart, if we could throw that up, 
we start, you're a new person. We, we, we think you're doing well in Jesus if you're active in a home group, you're living like Jesus, and you're involved in ministry and mission. You're finding your gifts and using them. And then um, that cycle continues because when you're doing ministry and mission, you're meeting a new person and inviting them to church or to do an evangelism course, and the cycle continues and the church grows and Jesus is glorified. Amen? So that's sort of what we're looking at doing. Thirdly, uh, obviously we want to uh, have mature Christians. It says we proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect or complete or mature in Christ. To this end, I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. So our pastors are writing, by, writing sermons. Uh, your st- by home group leaders are, are leading studies. We encourage you in personal devotion, in the word and in prayer. We encourage people maybe to meet one-on-one with people, to read the Bible, to read a Christian book together, uh, to encourage one another in the Lord. We encourage you to go to courses and conferences, and, and we'll run different things and invite you to go to conferences. We encourage you to study at theological colleges. We encourage you to read good Christian books, and to read articles online. Just be careful what you read online. Make sure they're legitimate, because you can get all types of things online. Friends, we believe that the Holy Scriptures are able to make us wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, 2 Timothy 3.15. And that's why Lachlan said we open up the Word in our youth ministry, we open up the Word in our kids' ministry, we let the Word do its work. And it does more than make us wise for salvation. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Word of God is powerful. We urge you to be in the Word to become mature in Christ. And then uh, we want men and women, every believer, to be involved in ministry. We're committed to the truth that every believer is a minister. Every believer has been given at least one spiritual gift they ought to use for the common good. Spiritual gifts, you have uh, natural gifts, you have also experiences in life that you've been through that God can use, Uh, you have your own testimony that God can use. God takes all that you are with your spiritual gifts for his glory. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That's important about spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are not given to elevate you to make you feel good. Spiritual gifts are given so you can use them for the common good of the people of God. I need your spiritual gifts. You need my spiritual gifts. We need each other's spiritual gifts activated, working, expressed, developed, so we can become more and more like Christ. Let me give you some examples. You think, oh, I wonder what I can do. Evangelizing, discipling, and baptizing a new believer. Seeing children and youth trust in Jesus through kids or youth ministry programs or teaching SRE. Conversations develop amongst people as you provide them with morning tea. Serving on our music or tech teams. Believers growing in their faith as you run a Bible study group. The excitement you experience as you meet and welcome new people to our church. If you're part of the welcoming ushering team. And by the way, you don't have to be part of the welcoming ushering team to welcome new people. After the service, look around and say hello to people. The whole church welcomes. Uh, The thrill of seeing women trust in Christ at a women's outreach event or men at a men's outreach event. The excitement of doing Christianity Explained, maybe with a friend at work and leading them to Christ. 
serving on our planned Alpha course in Term 2. Be part of a discussion group, maybe helping with our food. Serving parents at a playtime group. Building relationships with people at computer class or creative crafts. Inviting friends to our prime time trips so non-Christians can meet Christians, who then may invite them to hear the gospel. Corresponding with missionaries on the field. Visiting and praying for a sick person in hospital. And you can continue. And pastors and teachers have a special responsibility here. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And so we are equipped by Bible teaching, by encouragement, by prayer and training courses. One of the things I say to people, they say, how do I know where I should serve? I normally say, what are you passionate about? And what are you good at? It's a good chance that's your spiritual gift, right? And then what did you try something? One of the other things uh, we do uh, and help people is we just uh, take them through finding your spiritual gifts questionnaire. That's just a little tool alongside and you think, well, Angel, do you have some? Yeah, I can give you one of these. I'm happy for you to do it, sit down with you and discuss what your spiritual gifts may be and where you should be investing your life in the work of the gospel. That's just a little tool that helps some of us into thinking about that. Now, when I do this... uh, it comes up with leadership, preaching, caring, a few other things. Maybe because that's what I do all the time and therefore when I answer my questions, that's why I'm a pastor. And uh, be interesting, most people who do it say, yeah, it's pretty much, I think it describes who I am, where my passions are, and then finding a place to serve. So I say, where will you serve in 2024? And many of you I know are already committed, you're already serving. And finally, mission. We need a great commitment to the Great Commission. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. John 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I love that. Friends, over the next seven weeks, you're going to be hearing about that. You're going to be hearing it. We're going to be focusing on the fifth M in our, in our Lord series this year. To explore how we can go as the sent ones to everyone to bring good news to people. And friends, you never know who you're going to come across. Being, I remember I was just thinking through some of my experiences, and I remember a Muslim man came once to see me to talk about Jesus. He wanted to debate about Christianity and Islam. And I had the opportunity in the midst of all of that just to explain to him the grace of God in Jesus. That is not about religious duty for us. It's about God offering us forgiveness by grace. And I said to him, it doesn't matter how well you do in your system, you'll never know whether you've done enough uh, to satisfy Allah. But in Jesus, Jesus died for us. He is the Son of God who entered our world. You may not believe he is the Son of God who entered our world, but are able to share the grace of God with him. At a wedding, for example, explaining the sacrificial love of Christ as a model for marriage. Or the local member of parliament visited a few years ago and wanted to understand our our Christian ethics and our beliefs and why it was that we had a certain position on homosexuality and marriage and so on. So we're able to sit with him and take him through the word of God and and, and explain why we have a certain Christian position. You never know where you're going to have opportunities. On a bus, 
at work, around the photocopier, whatever it happens to be. But we don't go in our own strength, we go in the power of the Holy Spirit. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. As I mentioned last week, we take the word, praying, relying on the power of the Holy Spirit to make that difference. And as I also mentioned last week, uh, take a little bit more time on that, that churches grow numerically in a number of ways. One is transfer growth. Uh, that's normal. People move into the area. They're looking for a local church. Other people may be they're looking for another church because they have kids and the, the church they came from doesn't really have a kids ministry or a youth ministry. They want maybe their teenagers to have some friends to grow up with Christian friends. So they'll transfer in. But by the way, people transfer out also, right? They move to new locations, as many of our people have done. And even in the past 12 months, they relocate to Lithgow, to Wollongong, and Maria Girardi is going to relocate to Winuna. We're saying goodbye to her today. And, uh, but God then brings others, and many of you are new to our church even in the past year. And we are praying for you to, to know Christ deeply, for your families to know Christ deeply, and uh, we love everyone who comes. Secondly, uh, the biological growth. And uh, it's a Muslim strategy, you have a lot of children, and you have more kids running around, and that is a Christian strategy too, and I'm not looking at anyone, just have as many kids as you like. Uh, but when families come with children, people say, oh, you've got a lot of kids, yeah, yeah, we've got a lot of families, you've got, I think, six or seven pregnancies at the moment, I'm just making a list, I keep lists, <laughs> so I can pray for them, <laughs> so they stay healthy. And the babies are safe. And also that this ch these children will come to know and love Jesus. If we don't exclude biological growth. Oh, don't worry about transfer biology. No, no, no. Because all our kids do not trust in Jesus. They may trust for a period of time and they walk away. We'd be praying and investing hard in that. But I'm saying sometimes churches grow because of families and they have more children. Don't assume they will trust in Christ. And if you're about to have little ones, they're in your control at the moment. They grow and make up their own minds about things. And you'd be praying, we'd be praying for them. Some of you are heartbroken because your children are nowhere near church. We'd be praying they come to faith, biological growth, through our networks and through our families. And then conversion growth, normally we talk about new believers from non-believing non families, like they come from completely outside, and because you witness to someone and say, well, I've never been to church in my life, I might come with you. And, and we're praying for more of those situations to happen as well, where people maybe have some, maybe a Christian background, they baptise as a baby, or, or they're atheists or agnostics, that God would help us to reach them, bring them to our Alpha course, or Christian Explained course, bring them to a service and see if God would do his work. And that's what we are praying, uh, talking to Matt about launching an Alpha course. Uh, we haven't been able to do the evangelism courses since COVID. We've tried a couple of times, so we're going to uh, pray harder. We're going to try and put a new, a new course together that Alpha has and invite people, invite you, invite you to invite some friends to come with you uh, to hear about Jesus over a six or seven week period. So I appreciate your prayer for that. For that. Further, in thinking about mission, we also have to fund the mission. And so as people are part of this church, important at Vision Sunday to remind you, it takes sacrificial giving to fund the mission. It to employ staff, 
to support missionaries. There's something like $135,000 in our normal offering for our missionaries, another eighty to 100000 in May, something like $235,000 we are raising towards supporting our, our missionary workers uh, to pay back loans, to maintain property, insurances, electricity, to fund our local ministries. And maintain two mansions. If you didn't know, the church, as well as owning this facility, uh, has bought over the last 25 years and paid off two mansions. And so we maintain those. So God has been good to us through the giving of God's people here at Nawi. We also donate to our Baptist Association something like $35,000, $40,000. That helps them run its ministries across the board. Our weekly offering target this year is 23311 so I mentioned last week, a 6.5% increase on last year. And so we asked our members to consider what they would are able to give to fund this new increased target. As well as that, we also, as long as some of them, that money goes to pay off our loan repayments for these buildings. But we haven't put all the loan repayments in there. We require an extra 42684 in direct property donations to completely fund and pay all our repayments this year. So we alert our members of that. We've raised over $512,000 towards our property development. And I want to say thank you for all that you have given sacrificially over the last couple of years. And we're praying that God will enable us to continue to give to that alongside our weekly offering. Friends, this church is 70 years old this year. In 1954... In 1952, they started as a fellowship. There was a vision of God. And in 1954, it was constituted as a church. For 70 years, the people of this church have prayed, have served, have given, have invested their lives for the glory of Jesus. And we continue in that legacy. We are the people that God has brought today on the 4th of February, 2024, in this place to do God's work is my prayer that God will continue to use us. 1 Corinthians 8, 7 says, we are called to excel in this grace of giving. Giving our finances, giving our gifts, giving our, our natural talents, giving ourselves to the work of the gospel. Friends, we are called to go with a message of salvation and transformation. Magnification to the glory of God. Membership, building authentic community. Maturity, learning to live like Christ. Ministry, serving each other. Mission, reaching the world. To God be the glory. Amen. Let me pray. Lord God, we thank you that you bring us together as a family of God, as the people of God, for this moment, in this place, to do your mission. We thank you for every single person here this morning, every single person who will be at 11 o'clock, every single person at 2 o'clock, every single person at 6. As we gather in your name today to remember what we're called to, to do and to be, Lord, help us to love you deeply, to honour you with all that we are, to be so taken by your sacrificial love for us that we give our lives in complete obedience to you. May whatever we do, whatever we say, bring glory to your name. We pray in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen.